This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Then again, freetalklive.com as we start things out here tonight with a story that is, it's a shocker. I mean, it really is a shocker. Clarksville, Tennessee. KnoxNews.com reporting, witnesses say a business owner shot and killed himself during a city council meeting Thursday night after members voted against his request to rezone his property. Hmm. Ronald Bo Ward, owner of Bo's Barbershop, had told the council, which approved the first reading of the zone change last month, that his business would go under if he couldn't get his home rezoned as commercial. He said the rezoning would increase his property value, allowing him to secure a loan to offset a debt that he incurred when he expanded his shop. After the 5-7 to seven vote Thursday night, Ward stood and walked toward the council, then addressed them one last time, saying, Y'all have put me under. I'm out of here, he said before shooting himself in the head with a small handgun. Hmm. Fire rescue and police officials attending the meeting immediately ushered the audience of about 50 people into the hallway where several people were sobbing. Councilman Bill Summers said Ward's actions were unexpected. He said when a gun gets whipped out like that, someone is going to get shot, but I didn't know who. You could have been right next to him, and I don't think you could have stopped that. At least one police officer is always on duty during council meetings, said officials. However, visitors are not required to go through a metal detector or any other screening. The mayor said the, uh, they will now be changing their meeting location until they can make, I guess, some arrangements. They're probably scared S-less at this point. Right. If somebody could pull out a gun and shoot themselves, they could pull out a gun and shoot a city councilor. Those city councilors ought to feel lucky that they are still sucking air today. Yeah. Bo's a good man. He just, you know, brought to the end of his... Uh, end of his rope. End of his rope, I guess. Right. And, you know, his story isn't unique. The unique part is that he killed himself in the city council chambers. But the other part of the story, um, him begging the council for permission to have a change to his business location, isn't unique. It happens, well, on a weekly basis in this country. I mean, city councils meet every week or every other week in in many places. And these are the things that they talk about. These are the decisions they make. Oh, well, you can have a sign, but it can only be 6 inches by 12, uh, whatever. You know, they they have all their little specifications and their rules and regulations and their zoning regs and their approval processes and the the forms you have to fill out, the fees you have to pay. To get through them. Right. So... I uh, I can understand where this guy was coming from. I mean, he'd had it up to here. That who knows what other instances he'd had with the city council in the past. Who knows? I mean, he's been in business there. Uh, in another story I was looking at, apparently his business had been open for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy had been there forever, a well-known business in town. And who knows what other run-ins he's had with different various city councils and bureaucrats well, not to mention years. that he gave free haircuts to uh you know military guys or I gave, read about that uh, yeah haircuts on credit to military guys who just couldn't afford it and right you know, what they pay guys in the military they absolutely can't afford it right um the one thing of the story that bothers me is that um Bo made the decision to expand his business mm-hmm. and it cost him. You know, it just didn't work out the way he wanted it to. So then he had to go beg the city council for a rezone. He made some decisions under the way things currently were. Mm-hmm. He was re- he was zoned residential, giving uh, I guess um, giving haircuts there, and maybe he's grandfathered in or whatever. I don't understand why exactly he's able to give haircuts in a residential area mm-hmm. and have more than one barber chair from the looks of it. 
Um, you know, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But he made his decisions under the way things currently were. He understood how things were, and then he was going to the city council to save him, his benevolent rulers. I understand that, mm-hmm. and uh, again, I, I don't think we should. I don't have think it zoning. was this. I don't. I, I would agree. I don't right. think it's the city council's fault. Do you understand the, the they, fault that he got into debt? Of the, course, the, that's the fa- not their well, fault. He, he says, "You guys have put me under. I'm out of here." He, they didn't put him under. He put himself under. They were his last chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but they, you know, there's no reason why they they shouldn't have done it. I mean, it's a it's. <laughs> what is zoning beyond just some bureaucrats sitting around saying? Like with a little magic wand, uh, you know, ah, oh, I deem you commercial property, mm-hmm. and I deem you industrial, and I deem you residential. I mean, what else is zoning? That's exactly what it it's is. It's just some central planning nonsense where these bureaucrats, they sit around in their little meetings, and they get to decide the future of the property that you worked to uh, to build, the property that you have uh, worked to make better and turn into a, pr- a productive business. So uh, people have a. They could have waved their little magic wand and given this guy what he wanted to. They could have. They could have. Um, Now people often, when you say get rid of zoning, it it just sounds ludicrous to people. Every city has zoning. We must have to have zoning. I don't know why, but zoning must be good. The bureaucrats must know what they're talking about. People go to college for planning out cities. (laughs) That must be a good thing. Well, it's not exactly true. Houston, the one of the top ten metros in the United States, doesn't have any zoning. Well, there are suburbs of Houston that do have zoning, as mm-hmm. I understand it. That's but correct. There and are actually areas where it is un- contained. Is- um, you know, areas inside of Houston that are actually contained in and of themselves, completely surrounded by Houston, that have zoning. And Houston's just one, a big example of uh, not having zoning. There are other areas of the country sure. that that are unzoned as well. And surprise, surprise, people are actually still, you know, breathing in those areas. They can still get food and water, and you know. Live their lives without zoning. Zoning is really the ability to um, use your power to tell your neighbor what they can do with their property. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what I often hear when I talk about doing away with zoning is, well, oh, my God, somebody could put an oil derrick or a pig farm right Right. next to my house. Okay. That's right, a landfill. Let me quickly assuage your fears when you think about a pig farm going next to your house. If you live in some popular metro, let's say Indianapolis or, uh, or, or Miami... The, the the little blocks of land that you live on, the mm-hmm. little lots that you live on. I've got a tenth of an acre here in Keene. Right. I, you, these these are you'd have to put quite a few of them together to get any size pig farm or oil derrick. Um, <laughs> anyway, but these little plots of land are some of the most valuable pieces of property. You know, outside of uh, right downtown metro area. But when you compare them to land, um, you know, an equal size uh, land out in the rural area, yeah, they cost a heck of a lot more, ten times as much as uh, land, rural land. That's the place to raise pigs. That's the place to drill for oil because you need a lot of land to do such a thing. It does economically doesn't make any sense that you would open a pig farm sure. in the middle of Miami. It's absurd. Um, and, well, you know, it's very interesting and very telling, because I remember there was one time we read it, and it, just an entire lengthy article about Houston yeah. and its lack of zoning. And I remember one specific thing from that article that I found very interesting, is that inevitably, in any place where there is no zoning, the people who know better, you know, those educated types you were talking about, oh, yeah, the, the, the people with their de- college degrees and everything, they know how things should be. They constantly are pushing for new zoning. Right? They want to create a zoning board that's what they want they want to have that power and every time it comes up for a vote it gets shot down like you wouldn't believe i mean many elections 
it's considered a you know a good majority if you get 60%. As I recall in one of the uh, the voting uh, in one of the decisions on zoning for Houston, it was 90 to 1. People were against the addition of zoning. Mm. So people turned out in droves to oppose the idea of zoning. And you would think if it was such a great idea that they would be running out and saying, "Yes, please save us from the pig farms." But no. Everything's fine in Houston, and everything's fine in the places where there aren't zoning. In fact, the places where there are zoning, things are worse, because then you don't have freedom. You don't have the freedom to control your property in the way that you think is best. You, if you have to go to some board of bureaucrats and beg them for permission to do business in the way that you want to do business, or to you know add a fence to your home, or to whatever it is. There's so, so much micromanagement out there. If you have to go and ask someone for permission, then you'd aren't, you just aren't a free person. You're partially owned by them. Uh, your property your land is theirs. Right, and that's, that's really the issue um, that, that always bothers me. Look, who's paying the mortgage on this property? You. Right. The bureaucrat, that they're telling you what you can and can't do on your own property. They mm-hmm. aren't paying it. And if you try to do what you want to do without asking for their permission and they find out about it, one of their little code enforcers drives by as you're doing an upgrade or something like that, they'll come out and they'll order you to take it down. Yeah. And if you don't take it down, they'll bring out a wrecking crew and they'll take it down for you. Because and they'll have cops there. And if right. you try to stop them, you're in big trouble. Right. Because it's not really your property. In most areas of this country, where there is a zoning board or a planning board or commission, they own you. If you think that's a good idea, I would like to hear from you. Someone yeah, defend zoning. tell me zoning. why, please. Yeah, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live's Saturday show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Still looking to talk to somebody that thinks zoning is a good idea. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. So, again, talking about uh, zoning because of this story that, well, once brought it, uh, brought it into focus once again. There's always some asinine zoning story out there to talk about, but this one is deadly serious. And I do mean deadly. We're talking about a barbershop owner from Clarksville, Tennessee, that shot himself in the head, and that resulted in his imminent demise, uh, during a city council meeting on Thursday night this week. And it had to do with uh, his request to rezone his property. He'd gotten into some uh, financial trouble, and he really needed to get his property rezoned as commercial in order for him to get a loan and that sort of thing. And the city council, in all of its wisdom, decided to deny him his request. Why? I don't really know. Uh, What's the reason? Uh, Those of you who are out there who are central planning types, you zoning supporters, please, can you call me and, and maybe give me a reason why this man couldn't have his property rezoned as commercial? Is it because it would increase the property value and they didn't want to do that? But wouldn't that be a good thing? Uh, as far as getting increase- into the specifics of why they wouldn't do it, I, I think you're you're miring yourself because we don't know I why. just want to know what the excuse would be. Like, what's the excuse from a central planner type as to why you can't have this uh, well, zoning change? Because, um, uh, you know, the... Because we said so? I mean, is that all? Upgrading it to commercial status could cause increased traffic, increased traffic on the street. It doesn't bear the load. I don't know. This is I, wait, wait, wait. A, when I drive down a street, I don't know if the properties are commercial or not as I drive by. Well, it's not your... Um, you as a driver wouldn't matter, but you're attracted to certain locations. If they zone it commercial, then somebody could tear down his barber shop, which might be attracting mm-hmm. a, you know, 
20 people a day, big deal. Um, whereas if they, you know, tear it down and turn it into some something that would attract 120 people a day, then the street may not be able to handle the load. You've got different intersections. That inter- intersection's already, this is already we- graded an F um, based on the, you know, you've got... Yeah, this you know is why we need to get streets the hell out of the hands of government. Because if they're going to use the streets as the excuse to control people, well, we can't reason on your property because I think my, that streets too many cars might drive by. The most by. legegitimate purview of government that they have, at well, least local once again, governments. That's, you know, the reason you think that, Mark, is the same reason people think zoning is legitimate. Well, it's always been that way. We need to have zoning. Streets haven't always been um, government-owned. There have been as lots long of as private... you've lived, they uh, mostly have been government-owned. That's true. And there are private streets, and they're taken care of much better. And they're much more innovative as far as their signage and just the, I'm sure in general. The, I, you know, I'm sure the, the I'm sure that the uh, that the the private sector can take care of its streets better than the public sector can. Right. I don't know how we would uh, transition from public streets to private streets at this point. I think that it's a a question that is uh, so ambiguous that it's not even worth getting into. Well, I think it's worth getting into because uh, it's an important question. It's a question that people inevitably are going to ask when they're presented with a much smaller government concept or a no government concept. They're going to want to know how these things are going to be done, and I think it's something people should start thinking about. I I can't say that we have the answers. I I can't say we have any definite answers. Uh, I think there are different ideas that have been floating around out there, and, and what, whether they come, become a reality or not is a whole other issue. Um, some ideas might be that the streets could be owned uh, in part or in whole by the business owners that are on the streets or by a neighborhood association or by private ownership or by a charity or whatever. There's all kinds of different ways it could be done. And I say we should let the marketplace decide because then if the marketplace is deciding on the streets, then at that point there's no need for zoning anymore. Certainly that wouldn't be an excuse for zoning anymore because then if the barbershop gets raised or raised, torn down, yeah. uh, is torn <laughs> down, the worst word. it is a bad word. Uh, if it gets torn down then they, and they build a new gas station up there that's going to take a whole lot more traffic, then it's the gas station's responsibility to upgrade the street out front. That's the way it should be. So, again, I would love to hear from some central planner as to what their excuse is here. Because your zoning rules are ruining people's lives. This man took his life in front of the city council because they wouldn't deem his, wave their magic wand and deem it as a commercial zone. Right. It just seems absolutely absurd to me. These people wield their power over others, and I find it disgusting, and it seems anti-American to me. It's anti-freedom. And I love this comment on the article here at KnoxNews.com, posted by uh, one of their commenters. It says, governments, even small municipal councils have generally been overrun by grossly inadequate collectivists with deep pockets and serious control issues. Combine this with an overabundance of Prozac and other feel-good drugs, and you have a numbed-down, dumbed-down, bureaucratic dinosaur that has no concept of liberty or justice. They will run roughshod over your dreams and your lives because it doesn't fit into their vision of a perfect society. Zoning boards and city planners are the new communists of this day and age. They decide where you live, where you work, how you build, etc. If you find their behavior disturbing and outrageous, do yourself a favor. Run for office. This is still America, and you can still make a difference. Find others who share this belief and organize. The Free State Project is a good template for getting started. And I agree completely, of course. That's why we're a part of the Free State Project. I I wouldn't argue any of those points. 
So, would love to hear um, from you if you've had a zoning nightmare story. Are you a business owner? God, Maybe, if, if you've lived long enough, you have a zoning nightmare story. If you own property, for sure. Eh, renters probably have never encountered the zoning uh, zoning board. Well, you, you, there's, it's not exactly there's uh, two segments of people in this world, renters and owners. I... I've owned and I'm I'm currently renting, so mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think you can really say that. There are people, certainly in New York City or something like that, that have probably never have and never will own anything. They've got their little rent control department or whatever right. it is that they have. But mostly, I think that people are trying to transition. They're in transitional periods when they're renting. Oh, I'm not I'm not trying to attack renters. Everybody's rented at some time. I, if it sounded like that, I didn't mean it to sound that way. Well, you just I'm you just said, saying that renters don't encounter zoning. If you're a renter today, you don't encounter zoning. As soon as you move into the world of property ownership, then all of a sudden, the zoning board becomes a reality to you. And it's a problem. And I would love to hear from you, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a homeowner, if you've had an encounter with a, a city planning board, and it's been awful, would love to hear your story. 800-259-9231. And the invitation's still open to any central planners out there that want to call in to defend their lovely little zoning scam that they have. They don't have. have to really call in to defend. No, you're right. They I don't. Mean, you know, if you're sitting on the, the, the city board who decides what's zoned where, screw the rest of you people. We decide. Exactly. That's how they feel. They don't, they don't have to listen to us. Your little petitions, well, they really are meaningless <laughs> to us. What do you know anyway? You didn't go to college. If, if, file your fees and we'll, dis, we'll make our decisions and, and, you know, you'll just live with it. I have a master's degree in city planning. What do you know, citizen? Right. Well, I know it's my property. And I know what I want to do with it. Right. And I know I that think, you're standing in the way. I really, I, I, I really think that's true. I think that the person that owns the property is the single most qualified individual to decide what happens to that property. They are the one who lives and dies. Their finances are built or ruined based on that property there. Sh- I, I don't they think should there be should free be to any. make mistakes, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not Even though they are the ones that know best what to do, it doesn't mean they won't make a mistake. But I don't want a central planning board out there trying to protect me from making mistakes. I didn't say that they would be uh, mistakeless. I have to say they're right. the single most qualified person to Absolutely. make the decision. Anytime I hear about a zoning board doing anything, it just it really just frazzles me. It really bothers me. And this guy was so disturbed, he th- shot himself in front of the city planning board, in front of the city council. And you know what? I mean, if you're going to take yourself out and it's and you know that it's these people that have helped ruin your life, this man must have really, I, I mean, he really must have had to had to show some restraint to not pop a couple of those city councilors before he took himself out. I just find that I, I, I those guys should be lucky to be, feel very lucky to be alive. I'm sure they do. You, you have to wonder, do they even realize that it's partially their fault? This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online. At freetalklive.com, get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first. If you're on the list, at updates.freetalklive.com. Probably we'll be sending out an update sometime this weekend, as I've got one or two more Shriners to add to our website. We'll tell you more about the Shrine here in a little bit. Uh, Updates.freetalklive.com gets you on the list. And 
Would you like to pay higher prices for goods and services? No. I don't think anybody, uh, anyone does. No, who wants to do that? Well, you do pay higher prices every time somebody doesn't pay their bills. And that's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of, uh, cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it a bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs. So... They're not passed on to you, the customer. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That is uh, SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. To the fun, you can bring up anything. It's Billy in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Billy. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, Me and the boys just hanging out. We were wondering if uh, Mark could take off his shirt. Well, we'll work (laughs) on that, Billy. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, no, that was just about it. All right, thanks for the call. (laughs) 800-259-9231. Why do he and the boys want me to take off my shirt? I don't know. It's better when they work up to it, though. Yeah, that's like funny when, you when you open your call with that, it's not funny. But it's better when you come I in think, with something. I think it was a bit of a surprise. Mm. Early Eight, in the show, I, th- I think it was funny. 1-800-259-9231. So uh, here's, a, here's another one for you. Uh, Adventures of Citizen X. Great blog post by Citizen X, which is uh, he's one of our advertisers at freetalklive.com. It's, it's just an opinion blog. He does his own talk show. Uh, it's, a, it's an Internet talk show. And the, the title of it is, If You're Scared, Then Say You're Scared. New York City Michael uh, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is scared, and that's dangerous. When people are scared, they don't think coherently. They react in a visceral, emotional manner and not in a logical, calculated way. It's bad enough when the average person is scared, but even worse when it's politicians who are scared. While decisions that an individual makes generally affect that in, uh, that individual and a limited number of other people, politicians make public policy. An individual who's scared might make mis- uh, decisions that lead to his own demise, while a frightened politician's decisions have enormous implications for all of us. Yeah. Why do I think Michael Bloomberg is scared? Well, because he keeps telling us what a dangerous world we live in. On his visit to London, Bloomberg said that, quote, Residents of big cities like New York and London must accept that they're under constant watch by video cameras, and opposition to the use of high-tech surveillance to catch criminals and terrorists is ridiculous. Yeah, that's right, says Citizen X. Opposition is ridiculous. After all, we live in a dangerous world. Did I miss something, or hasn't the world always been a dangerous place? Yeah, I I would say it has. Weren't cavemen in constant danger of being eaten by large carnivores? How did the uh, how in the world did the human race actually survive without surveillance cameras in the past? You know, I was thinking about um, it, you know, how dangerous the world really was. At one point, rulers uh, attained glory by conquering other lands and slaughtering their people. I mean, mm. that was essentially what a good ruler did. Think of Alexander the Great. Mm. That's what made him great. I, I'm, huh? not, I'm not here out to, uh, to, to, to you know, blaspheme the, uh, the, the great uh, Alexander or anything like that. If you're a Macedonian by birth, I, I, this, is not a, this is not against you. But the, the fact is, Alexander the Great, who did manage to conquer a great deal of uh, you know, the Middle East. Genghis Khan? It, well, Gen- Genghis Khan's port- sort of portrayed as a villain. Okay. Alexander the Great is a blonde golden boy. I see. Yeah. Um, Caesar, these guys uh, attained their quote-unquote greatness, the reason we know about them is essentially because of slaughter and killing. Hmm. 1-800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, Citizen X continues. He says, you see, despite what Mayor Bloomberg says, I think the world has actually become a much less dangerous place than it once was. 
Sure, the unexpected still happens and people do die violently, but chances are you won't. There is one exception, however, to this trend toward a safer world, the ever-increasing power of people like Mayor Bloomberg, politicians who use fear as a tool to inculcate an atmosphere of submission. Politicians aren't worried about making the world safe, only in accumulating more power unto themselves. In the 20th century, governments killed 200 million of their own citizens. Tell me what is the real danger in our world. When an entity has the power to do one thing, it automatically acquires the corollary power to do the opposite. If governments grant rights, as some people erroneously believe, you are born with rights. Governments don't give them to you. They right. take them away. The, the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, they, these documents did not grant you anything. And I guess they don't really take them away. They just, uh, well, they throw you in jail cells and that sort of thing if you try to exercise your rights. Anyway, if uh, government, uh, excuse me, if government grants rights and therefore grants freedom, then it has the power to rescind those rights and enslave their citizenry. If you give government the power to watch for terrorists and criminals, then that means it has the power to watch you as well. But who watches the government? Well, nobody. We just have to trust them. Right. That's uh, that's how the uh, FBI is able to do these little, you know, no-knock. They, they, they do these raids while you're away. They can look through your computer, go through your stuff, mm-hmm. um, lock the door back up, and you'll never even know they were there. So Bloomberg is right. It is a dangerous world. Ironically, while Mayor Bloomberg seems so concerned with the safety of his constituents, he doesn't believe they should have the ability to defend themselves, to ensure their own safety. Bloomberg is an anti-gun zealot. Mm. His rationale? Criminals shouldn't have the weapons to commit violent crimes. Which, you know, that sounds like a nice idea. I don't want criminals having weapons. I don't want dangerous, violent people having weapons. Wait, oh, the government has weapons. Hmm. I guess a lot of dangerous people that, have weapons. That was what, part of the reason for the Second Amendment, was to keep us free. We had fought a revolution against a despotic uh, regime, a king, right. who had used weapons to subjugate his people. And they understood that a well-armed militia, that is the citizens, that's uh, you know you and me, we keep a country free. Not the police, not the army, not the, not, the government can't keep you free. The government is simply there to govern by its nature. It and makes to govern you means not free. To govern means to control. Uh, and he says, so how do you disarm the criminals? Well, you disarm everyone, of course, including the innocent. Law-abiding folks will turn their guns in, and criminals won't. That's why they're called criminals. They break laws. Thus, we're left with a situation in which innocent folks are completely defenseless. Well, at least they'll have Bloomberg's cameras watching their every move to protect them. They'll be safe. That is, if the cameras actually work. Unfortunately, studies have shown they don't. That surveillance cameras actually have very little effect on crime rates. We talked about yeah, that a couple, couple weeks ago uh, over in Great Britain where they have thousands of cameras in the London metro. It hasn't had any effect on uh, the what their ability love, to solve what crimes. What I love about it is that they also did a study on streetlights. Streetlights have a much more effective. More, uh, they're much more effective on crime than uh, cameras are. The world is a dangerous place, says Citizen X. It's a dangerous place because... You know, I, when, hmm. I said, when I made that statement, um, I, I made it seem like cameras are effective. Cameras have no effect. Streetlights do. That's the statement. Well, now, I don't think it's fair to say that cameras have no effect. Uh, Obviously, if you run a business, it's a good idea to have cameras up there in case you get robbed or something like that. Sure, to to solve a crime. Right. But what they've found is that the government cameras, the ones that are on the street level, those have not been effective at all in solving crimes. So if there's a camera in a store, you know, monitoring theft and that sort of thing, then those are... Those are pretty effective at, at solving crimes. But the cameras just mounted up, mounted up on street poles, watching your every move. Nope. 
Not so much. Just big, it's big just, brother crap. Yeah, it's just control and watch you. Anyway, uh, he says it's a dangerous place because power-hungry politicians like Bloomberg and your local city council, their zoning board, and do-gooder busybodies try to force their vision of absolute safety on us. What good is safety if you're a slave? Or when you're told right. what to do and watched every single minute of the day. Right. You know, the, the end of this whole safety thing is where they put us all in little padded cells so that we can't hurt each other, can, can't hurt ourselves. Even then, you'll always have that feeling in the back of your mind that you're completely at the mercy of your watchers, your protectors. I'll take my chances with freedom. After all, to quote ABC's John Stossel, Patrick Henry didn't say give me absolute safety or give me death. Too bad Michael Bloomberg isn't listening. 1-800-259-9231. Whether you want to talk about the zoning board insanity like Tim in New Hampshire does, we'll get to his call and take your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Or tell us what you think about these cameras, about all these uh, this government surveillance that we have going on. Is it Maybe it's just that the government hasn't taken it far enough. Maybe what we need are government cameras in every single person's home in America. How would that make you feel? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sekel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like Free Talk Live, you want to help support the show, then you should go and shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live, we'll get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping experience at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer, 41 categories that you can shop in. Huge selection of products, brand new, even used items. We'll get a cut. Just start at amazon.freetalklive.com. Doesn't cost you anymore. Nope, sure doesn't. Um, all right. Let's go right to the phone calls here. I, I told Tim he was going to be next, but then a lady called in, so hopefully he'll be patient. As we go to Jane in California. Jane, you're on Free Talk Live, because ladies come first. Hello. Hi. Um, great to hear the show. Actually, first time I've been hearing it. <laughs> well, thank you. What's on your mind tonight? Actually. Well, um, you know, you guys were talking about this poor guy who shot himself. And mm, yeah. um, I was wondering if um, you guys may have touched on this some time before, but um, have you ever heard of an international council of local, um, I don't know what the exact acronym is, but uh, probably local elected councils or whatever. What is what is? What it? do they do? And that, that just seems like sort of an oxymoron to me. You know, how do you have an international council of local, local anything? <laughs> yeah, what 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 is their purpose? Well, um, it, it seems that there's something called um, that's been referred to before as Agenda 21, and it seems that their whole purpose is towards this whole global vision that they have. Huh. Well, I don't know what that would have to do with a global vision. Maybe they're just sharing bad ideas, because that seems to be what governments like to do. They come up with bad ideas, and then other governments borrow the bad ideas from the uh, the originators of the concept. Like out in California, where you live, Belmont is uh, considering a, a smoking ban inside apartment buildings, inside duplexes, inside anything that uh, any living structure that's connected to uh, physically to another living structure. And uh, so once that passes, you can expect to see that particular smoking ban, that 
that variety of smoking bans spread out to other governments. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like well, a little a, message board. For Agenda 21 it, on, from the UN site is a comprehensive plan of action to be taken globally, nationally, and locally by organizations of the United Nations system, governments, and major groups in every area in which human humans impact the environment. Well, if the UN's involved, I'm against it. <laughs> yes, same well, here. Well, that's the whole point, is that this whole business of zoning, I can't help thinking that that's just one more nail in the whole thing. That it's certainly a nail in our freedoms, <laughs> that's for sure. That's, that's the whole point, is it's got to be part of this. Well, I'm not sure that there's a, a giant conspiracy headed by um, yeah, you know, I, the UN or well, anything like that to, 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 to take away our freedoms. I think our local politicians want to take away our freedoms just as much as the guys in the UN. Absolutely. And My biggest problem with the UN is that there's not a single American that voted for them. Yeah, I sure as hell did. I, I don't want anything to do with it. But, and zoning existed before the Plan 21 or whatever it is, but maybe it's just trying to centralize uh, zoning now. Maybe maybe they want a centralized zoning board for the entirety of uh, of the world, like to set set policy at, a nas- at uh, an international level, which, of course, is even worse. Thanks for the call, Jane. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231 to Tim in New Hampshire, waiting patiently, listening on WUVR. Hello, Tim. Hi, yes. How are you? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Yes, just as an, another argument against uh, zoning, planning, etc. Mm-hmm. Supposing we were in Manhattan after it had been bought by the uh, from the Indians, and we're on a planning or zoning board, and we're debating whether we should sell beaver hides on uh, here or Fox. Amsterdam Street. <laughs> yes, two hundred years hence. The whole thing is mute, mute or mute. Uh, it's mute. irrelevant mm-hmm. because you cannot predict the future. Right. As qualified as these people might feel they are, having gone to years and years of college to, um, you know, to qualify themselves to tell us how we can live our lives, they don't have any idea how the market is going to set itself up. Look at Las Vegas if you want the really great example. I mean, why did that thing spring up out of nowhere? Look at um, Disney World. Walt Disney uh, bought some old phosphorus mines down in Florida and Mm. turned them into this this amazing thing right. how could anybody in search of profits right how could anybody have planned that how could some bureaucrat have you know pushed between donuts pushed his little pencil around and decided we'll have we'll have disney world right here just outside of orlando it's not possible it's, it's crazy correct thank you and, and <laughs> another sort of uh, side issue you took medieval history and they had guilds Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, how you know limiting this was? Well, we got unions today, and we Same have thing. all the petty little things that they had in the Middle Ages. Not much of a difference. Yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with unions when uh, people decide to get uh, of you know the, of any interest decide to get together. I don't care if it's a tropical fish club or uh, whether it's uh, you know guys that know how to lay brick. It doesn't matter to me what they um, that they get together. And if they decide that they don't want to work for whatever reason, that's fine with me too. It's what what I have a problem with is when unions get mixed up with government. When I'm not allowed to hire somebody who's non-union without that's some kind of thing. problem, that's a very big problem. I should be able to hire. Is anyone I want um, to do a job? Absolutely. And if people strike, you should be able to fire them and replace them with uh, whoever else you want to replace. You could them with. not hire a, uh, an electrician unless he was quote licensed. Correct. And that's a whole other scam. Licensing is another scam the government has uh, foisted upon us. It's it licensing. People look at licensing and they think, oh, he's got a license. He's going to be good. He's going to keep me safe. And that's not necessarily true. All licensing really does is it insulates and protects the existing businesses in a given market 
uh, from any new competition coming into the game. That's what Agreed. licenses do. It sets a bar to the to a point where many people who are poor, who might want to get in to do a little bit of uh, shade tree plumbing work or that sort of thing, they can't get their own license because they don't have the $200,000 or whatever that they need to jump through right. all the government hoops. It's, it's ludicrous. I mean, some jobs you don't, some jobs you really should have a licensed plumber for. I would recommend you do it. If you're going to replumb your house, you're building new construction, you should have a licensed plumber do that. But if you've got a clogged toilet and... You have no arms. You can't plunge it yourself or, you know, for whatever reason, you're scared of the toilet. You don't mm-hmm. want to plunge it yourself. Why can't you go next door and hire the neighbor kid for $5 to plunge your toilet? If if some bureaucrat found out about that, well, everybody's in trouble. There you go, Dad. Tim. Thanks for the call, dude. We really Thank appreciate you. hearing from you at 800-259-9231. People out there really get this message. The planning boards need to get go, just go the hell away. The licensing boards need to go the hell away now, as well. You know, there will be license. If, if we were to get rid of licensing boards, absolutely, I want to know that the plumber that I'm hiring for a certain job is qualified to do that job. Certification, my friend. Absolutely. You know, there, organizations will come up. The, the greater... Uh, ASE. Here's an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go in to have my car fixed and I see that ASE certification on the wall... I know that that guy, whoever whoever is in charge of that shop or whoever's name is on that placard, I know that whoever that is has gone through hours and hours of rigorous training on various, you know, various different parts of the car. And I mean, they are certified by an organization that knows its stuff when it comes to automotive. ASE doesn't have anything to do with the government whatsoever. If there were some government occupancy license or, you know, license to be a car dealer or whatever up on the wall, I could give a flip about that. That's just paying money to some bureaucrat. Mr. Goodwrench is another one, from what I understand, very similar as the ASE certification. You know, I was talking, as a matter of fact, to a gal who was cleaning my teeth. Apparently, you have to be state certified in order to clean teeth, Hmm. um, probably in every state, but I was getting my teeth cleaned in Florida at this time, the the woman I was speaking with. And she said, and and I was making this example, that why in the world do you need to be certified to clean teeth? Can't I just have somebody clean my teeth um, who's good at cleaning teeth? Hmm. And she's like, well, uh, you know, and I gave the example of... uh, The wrong person to talk to about that. Mr. Goodrich. Well, she said, well, and I don't know about mechanics, but uh, (laughs) if if you get a poor tooth cleaning job, it can kill you. I don't know how in the world um, you can get killed by a dental hygienist, but I'm going to take her word for it. Too much of that little polish that they use. It's true. I'm just going to take her word that it's true. But are you telling me that um, fixing brakes isn't a life or death scenario? Somehow mechanics um, are certified by the free market. And we put our lives in their hands every day. Go We're not kiss careening your mechanic off the side of the highway because your getting a brakes car work, you know. Right. And but but our hairdressers have to be certified by the state. Our are our dental hygienists have to be certified by the state. You our know, doctors, like, for that matter, have to be certified by the state. One of the most uh, one of the one of the most obvious examples of the protection racket that we're talking about here happened here in New Hampshire after one of the activists did this uh, civil disobedience where he went out and cut somebody's hair and filed somebody's nails without getting the government certificate first. Yeah. And of course they arrested him for it, which, which was ludicrous. It brought attention <laughs> to it. Ludic- yes. And then and then we found out that the person the uh, the elected official who had created the program in the first place. This program that mandates you have to go and get 800 hours or 1,000 hours of training before you can get the government certification. They found out that the person who created that law just 
happened to own one of the only beauty schools in the state of New Hampshire. What a surprise. Shocker, huh? My God, are you telling me there's graft and corruption in our government? Everywhere you turn? It's, it's, they're just trying to keep you safe. 800-259-9231. What sort of situations have you encountered with these protection rackets that they call licensing? 800-259-9231. Hour 2 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live's Live Saturday Show. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We'll roll right into the phone calls here and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the line in Tennessee. Gene, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, just on my way back from Nashville. There's a uh, Ron Paul... Uh, rally up there and thought I would check in and let you know what it was like. All right. How'd it go? It was great. Basically uh, said everything that Ron Paul always says. So, I mean, he's kind of like, uh, is it live or is it Memorex? When you oh, so the ag- so Ron Paul was actually at this rally then? He was there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Both his son spoke and then uh, he introduced his father and Ron Paul spoke. Got to take a picture with him afterwards. Fantastic. My wife. For so those that, that don't know, Ron Paul is running for president um, of the United People States. People don't know that yet? Yeah, I just there, want to make sure. <laughs> there are a lot and the, the, who don't know it. And, uh, but the, more and more people are learning every day. Was it an indoor event, outdoor? What was the crowd it like? Was, it was an indoor event. Hey, guess what? No metal detectors. We just walked right in there with my backpack and everything. We Imagine didn't have that. We not worry about all that stuff. And um, nobody shot anyone. So good that's to know. a good thing. Uh, the demographics of the crowd, there were 1,440, I think, was the official count. So that was a pretty good size That is crowd. tremendous. And there were, um, the demographics were mostly youngsters. Really? So I was I was one of the few older fellows. Now, wait, when you say youngsters, what do you mean? Like under 30? And who's uh, that in the background? Yeah. Is that your your wife? Yeah, uh, my wife's talking Chinese to her sister. We're both in the car right now. Mm-hmm. So I see. There's a bit of noise there, but... Yeah, the under thirty is the would be the average age of the crowd. So that's pretty uh, exciting, isn't it, Gene? That uh, young people are really they're really attaching themselves and really identifying with the uh, the message of liberty. They are, and one of the guys in our meetup group was saying that if somebody told him a year ago he'd be a registered Republican, he would have thought they, that they were nuts. Well, but, you have uh, to be pretty much a reg- registered Republican to be able to vote for Ron Paul, uh, yeah, in, at least in most states. Yeah, they're changing the rules here to try and get him out. But no matter what they do, they're not going to stop the steamroller from rolling. Absolutely not. The ideas are getting out there, and the more money Ron Paul raises, the more attention he's getting, the more legitimacy he's uh, being treated with by the media. He was on Good Morning America this morning. Uh, He appeared on CNN earlier this week. He's uh, the media guy over at Ron Paul's campaign, has just been uh, deluged with phone calls. So it's really... my, my wife was always kind of standoffish about this Ron Paul stuff, but mm-hmm. I think after she uh, listened to him speak, she's uh, coming over to our side as well. All you really have to do is listen to the guy. I think you're right about that. And, Gene, thanks for the call. Glad you had a good time. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's, I mean, there are so many people that have that attitude of, 
I never would have thought I would vote for a Republican, and, and now I found Ron Paul, and his message makes sense. He's not lying to me. Right. He's, got a, he's got a record that backs up what he says when he says he wants constitutional government. You can look at his voting record and right. see that he voted for Republicans have said it. for years that they believe in smaller government. Well, look what happened in 2000 to 2006 when the Republicans were in charge of Washington. The government grew at a rate that made Bill Clinton look, look like he was small fry. Absolutely. Make Bill Clinton look small government comparison. 800-259-9231. So Ron Paul's finally giving those of us who actually believe in liberty something to believe in. A candidate that could possibly win the Republican nomination. It's possible. Yeah, it, it is. It's quite possible. For the first time, he, he has raised. Ever. He's raised so much money. He raised five point two million dollars in the um, last quarter. Right? Last quarter, yeah. it, the, the, which is twice as much as what he raised in the prior quarter. The media stunned. They don't. They've been doing whatever they can to, uh, you know, downplay a second tier candidate. Da, 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 da. He's no second right. tier now candidate. Now he's being called the dark horse. Now he's being called the Republican dark horse candidate. Well, that's a step up from second tier, isn't it? I think so. And uh, it's pretty exciting what's going on. If you haven't really tuned into the Ron Paul campaign, go to his website, uh, ronpaul2008.com. Good stuff there. Videos, meetup groups, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And I, I really think it's interesting that the young people of America, a group of uh, a demographic that has always been maligned as, well, they're apathetic. They don't care about voting. That's what's with kids today. Well, maybe it's because they've looked at their choices before and they've and they said, stink. screw this. Who? I don't want to vote for these Democrats or Republicans. They're all the same. I think that young people in America and everybody in America that hasn't wanted to vote until until maybe just now finding Ron Paul, they're not stupid. They know exactly what's going on. Right. They know that they're being offered two sides of the same big government coin, election after election. Finally, there's one candidate in the race that actually is speaking the truth, talking about liberty, and they're tuning in. They're getting excited. They're contributing to the campaign. They're getting out there, creating their own products for Ron Paul, their own signs, their own websites, their own meetup groups. I mean, this is this is unprecedented. Right. If people don't understand, uh, I just talked to somebody today who who um, you know asked me who I was going be voting for for mayor as though you know uh, like like i my guy for mayor he got knocked out in the primary mm-hmm. so i'm not going to vote for anybody because i'm not i am willing to vote for the lesser of two evils if i don't agree with somebody completely who can you how can you possibly agree with somebody completely sure but when my choices are between adolf hitler and joseph stalin Stay home. I, I'm, I'm just not going to vote for him. I don't want to be responsible for putting this guy right. in power. I didn't He's going to believe he has a mandate. That's what that's what the Republicans said there for a little while. We have a mandate from the American people. You don't have any freaking mandates. You know, and you're right about that. That's that is an important point about people who do the voting for the lesser of the evils thing. Is that when you vote for the lesser of the evils, you might feel good personally because oh, you're trying to minimize the damage that's being done. But the person who you voted into office, provided they win, they don't see your vote as a lesser of two evils. You didn't get to write anything next to your vote that says, look, buddy, I'm only voting for you because you suck less than the other guy. Right, I'm voting for you because the Republicans are the party of less government. They don't see it that way. No. What they see it as is, as you said, a mandate. Uh, it, wait, they well, see it as an endorsement a of mandate their A mandate their hand in your pocket. Right. It's an endorsement of their ideas, their awful big government ideas. They think, yes, the American people want more of my programs. And, the, you know, that's what they do. They go and then they proceed to expand government, make it more intrusive and more oppressive than it's ever been. And more expensive as, uh, at the same time. So if you don't have somebody that really is worth voting for, why bother? I totally understand that apathy. 
Ron Paul is eliminating that apathy. He's giving people what they've been waiting to hear. And I've said this for a long time, that there is this silent majority of Americans out there, because most Americans are not participating in the average election. They're just not. Municipal elections, barely anybody participates. National elections, it's still not a majority of Americans that's actually electing the person that wins. So most Americans inherently understand the system is a scam. Most all, the Repu- all of the Republicans and Democrats are a bunch of scumbag politicians. They lie through their teeth. Why bother even listening to what many of them have to say? Ron Paul is the, is the man that stands far and above all of it. And uh, he's really – he's just done an amazing job so far, and I, I predict more good things will continue to happen. And even if Ron Paul doesn't win the presidential primary, then it's still – I mean, the effect that he has had on uh, the American people, I think, is going to be very positive. There are, there are a lot of people that have been awakened from their slumber as a result of the Ron Paul campaign, and who's to know what all these people that are in the Ron Paul meetup groups that are out there – putting up signs and waving signs on the side of the road and knocking on doors and doing activism, who knows what they're going to do after the Ron Paul campaign. Now, that's presuming he doesn't succeed, and I think he can. I think it is absolutely possible. Um, I think you said, Mark, that Bill Clinton was at 1% at one point, right? Right. I can uh, can pull up those numbers for you real quick, but I'm not so sure. I think that um, we have our shot here with Ron Paul, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure that it means anything afterwards. I, I don't know that you know, the, we've created this great liberty organization to get Ron Paul elected, and if he, you know, gets knocked out in the Republican primary, I'm not sure anything's going to happen. You with think it. they're just going to put away their toys and go home? Yeah, the people feel people feel dejected after uh, an election. The, sure, an election. there's a lot of burnout that and, happens. That's and, for sure. You know, their guy loses, and they have a tendency to kind of piddle away. What's the use? We couldn't even get Ron Paul through the Republican uh, primary. Primary. Yeah. The, Repo- Maybe the be- Republicans, um, the the national convention and their little state conventions, they're doing their very best to to see that Ron Paul does not get elected. Um, oh, that's frightening to them. So here, he some, threatens the status quo. Quick statistics, though. Early 1975, Jimmy Carter was polling at one percent. He went on to win the presidency. Mm-hmm. Early 1987, Michael Dukakis was polling at one percent. That's the year before. Right. Um, and he went on to win the Democratic nomination. Early 1991, Bill Clinton was at two percent. He went on to win the presidency. Early 2003, Joe Lieberman was leading the field for the Democratic presidential nomination, and he failed to win any primary. Ron Paul's at about three percent nationwide, and I've seen him as high as six or eight percent here in New Hampshire. And of course, New Hampshire's got the um, probably is going to have the first primary, and so that's it's really important. 800-259-9231. More on the way about the surveillance state, your kids snitching you out, and more. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231, and it's the live Saturday edition. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. Live streams available, broadband version of the show, and dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this matter to you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest's mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. You can try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. 800-259-9231 to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Tim in New Hampshire, listening on WNTK. Hey, Tim. Hey, how's it going tonight? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um... I've had a question for years, 
I was raised actually in a home that didn't believe in voting, and <laughs> really? for religious reasons. But ironically, hmm. I came to believe not in voting in the presidential stuff, not as much for that, as that I don't really think it works, kind of like what you were saying before. But now with Ron Paul, I wish it did work. <laughs> hmm. so, well, why doesn't it work, in, in your like opinion? Everybody votes, right? And then the electoral decides it in the end anyway. Can you explain to me why the electoral gets to decide, even if the public wants it the other way? I can't figure out how that works, or maybe it's too complicated, but well, I'd love it's, to hear. It's essentially a holdover from states' rights back um, before the Civil War when the uh, federal government co-opted uh, just the entire uh, governing process, pretty much. Okay. State, states, it was essentially a union of 50 countries, or at the time it was fewer than 50, but it was a union of, of countries that were able to decide their own uh, fates, and then, you know, they, they kind of pooled things together for the purpose of trading amongst each other and, uh, you know, the military purposes. And so, you know, the idea is, is that, uh, you know, states are represented prop, um, properly. For instance, if you won California, New York, Florida, and Texas, you'd win the presidency. Well, um, don't you think that people in Wyoming's uh, votes count for something? I don't think you're addressing his question. Uh, yeah, what well, he's, he's pointing out is the electoral if, college. Right. Well, no, but what he's pointing right. out is that if your if you vote, if let's say um, New Hampshire, where we're all at, uh, votes uh, for Ron Paul. It, let's see, he makes it through the primary and he makes it to the general election, and New Hampshire overwhelmingly votes for Ron Paul. And then the delegates, or the electoral go- college guys that have been selected to be in the electoral college, and I don't really know what that process is like, but there are individuals who cast those electoral votes. And there's no actual requirement for them to cast a vote in relation to how the population voted. It doesn't happen. And the, That's um, my point. But, well, why... why? Okay, go ahead. Well, the, it doesn't happen. Those it the, could happen. Though, Ron right? Paul chooses it his has own delegates, happened, hasn't it? No. Okay. The candidate chooses the delegates, or the party chooses the delegates. The candidates chooses the delegates. In some states, that's true. I don't know that it's true in every state. Every each state have their own um, has has its own laws, and I couldn't tell you how they all are. Okay, but that I doesn't happen. That. Look, if the the people there, it's it's revolution time. If, if that um, doesn't work, if, yeah. if we popularly vote Ron Paul in, and they decide, nah, we're going to go ahead and vote for Mitt Romney. That's when the the federal government has finally lost all vestige of legitimacy. Well, they wouldn't be able to vote for Mitt Romney because he wouldn't be on the ballot. They'd vote for Hillary or something like that, or. Some other candidate. I don't know what the rules necessarily would be. I would imagine they could uh, vote, cast their vote for Mickey Mouse if they felt like it. They're del- you know these delegates are elect- um, electors, depending on who we're talking about. So Tim, at this point, well, you if I if I understand, let me see if I understand this right. Yeah. What you're saying is that the college electoral will always represent the voice of what's going on with the people. Theoretically, you know, I, I, cause I, I don't I see. I kind of thought that didn't happen. And again, I was on neither side of the party, although I tend to favor conservative views but same at the here. same time at the same time it seems to me that uh there was a little thing in the media about how that uh the, the electoral decided it when the popular vote was different and so it seemed to me that the electoral took over even when the people wanted something different in a couple states and that ended up deciding the presidency i will research what you've said just to make sure that what i'm saying is true but um you know i'm now there's a popular vote in the case of 2000 where um you know gore got more votes than bush did but because of the electoral college and the way that split them split up among states george bush Bush was able to win right that's um, what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. That's exactly what happened. Okay. The, oh, that's a different situation. That's a different situation. It's because of, you know, how the it's because of how the electoral college win, uh, works. Uh, you know, the idea is is that 
That way, California and New York and Florida and Texas don't run the whole country. They're mitigated because, to some extent. You know, the, the concerns of people in Miami are different than the concerns of people in uh, Montana. But really, I mean, I think that uh, this whole federal government thing just needs to go away in the first place. How do you feel about that, Tim? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I know the truth, and for a while I tried to be one of these freedom fighters with the Internal Revenue Service. I mean, when you hear things like them buying a $4 billion computer system and then scrapping it like a year later because <laughs> it didn't meet the needs, I mean, it got, it's going to make you ill. So then you can start looking into it. You find out they were never ratified in any state. However, if you try to fight them, you will go down in flames because they're big. And someone needs to – I mean, people know this now. A year, few years ago, I started talking to people about this. They had no clue. Now everybody knows, but nobody knows what to do about it. And they've got to go. The Internal Revenue Service has got to go. They have absolutely, I mean, we're trillions in debt to the Federal Reserve. You know, because I can heard some of the stuff you talk about. Sure. We're trillions and tr- we're way more trillions than what they're telling us. And I've got some people who do some real inside research. They're personal friends of mine, multimillionaires who know what's going on. And we're so far in debt, the Federal Reserve and the Internal Revenue Service takes a lot of money just for themselves to operate. The only way, the only hope, and I don't even know if there's hope even now, but I hope so. Mm. <laughs> that we can get out is either total forgiveness by other countries for the amount we owe the Federal Reserve or, and or maybe a combination of going ahead and um, you know getting rid of the, the thing that's sucking out so much money just to collect the money. Well, first of all, we don't owe anything to the Federal Reserve. Uh, those, uh, those countries that got into business with the government, you know, they're doing business with an illegitimate a- entity, in my opinion. And if the government just folds tomorrow, then they all lose out on their loans that they made. I mean, that's, just, that's it. The money will be gone if the government folds. And so I, I understand where you're coming from, Tim. I understand that it seems like a hopeless situation, but I, I must encourage you uh, to not lose hope because uh, we need people like you. We need people that are, you know, are willing to get active and do something uh, to stand up against the tyranny of the state. And the, the, ty- yeah. the tyranny is on the rise in this country, and we need as many people to stand as strong and as firm and, as, and for liberty as possible. And I'm sure you're aware, uh, you're in New Hampshire, you must have heard of the Free State Project by now, right? Um, just today for the first time, believe it or not. Really? Actually, wow. I live in Vermont. I'm delivering pizza in New Hampshire right now. As a matter of fact, i got to run into somebody's house with a pizza. This is part of the Free enterprises. I get to work three jobs to support my family. <laughs> right. When you get home tonight, I want you to go to freestateproject.org and okay, sign up. Thanks. Yeah, take a look at it. It might just give you that hope that you're looking for. We moved right. here. We moved to New Hampshire from Florida to be a part of the Free State Project because we Good. thought we think it is the final chance for liberty in our lifetimes. Wow. I'm definitely checking it out. Thanks for the Thank tip. you, Tim. We appreciate have your call night. and have fun with your deliveries. We don't get enough Thanks, pizza then. delivery drivers calling the show anymore. Yeah. We really no, don't. Yeah, it used to be. We, they used to be a staple of ours. But that was FM, and you yeah. know that's, those were the days. We love the pizza delivery drivers. They are they really are great nighttime listeners. Anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and they always have good stories too. A pizza delivery driver. Next time Tim calls in, we'll have to get a delivery story from him because there's always something. Whether it's you know getting robbed, or uh, whether it's some crazy person answering the door naked, or being somebody a driver being invited in to partake in some marijuana smoking. I or, got propositioned uh, delivering pizza one time. Really? Yeah, by a woman. I would <laughs> Thank thanks God. for clarifying. She had three kids. I probably wasn't the first. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free and uh, on the way. Mayor Bloomberg and his comments on surveillance in the surveillance society. Plus, we'll talk about how some doctors are apparently asking your kids way too many questions about you. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. And uh, you know what? Uh, some of the features on the site include the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts. Lots of stuff to talk about, serious issues and fun stuff, all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And, you know, we just mentioned the Free State Project a few moments ago. It, and they happen to be a sponsor of the show. Now, it's not beca- we did not join the Free State Project because they sponsored the show. No, we joined the Free State Project, and then uh, we liked it so much that we wanted to be able to talk about it, right. um, you know, legitimately. <laughs> so... We asked them to sponsor the show, and we, they've been very successful with the show. Yeah, we uh, we joined the Free State Project, what, back in 2004 or something like that? Gosh, it's, it's quite some it, time ago. It was before the, they voted on the state. And anyway, it is an amazing organization, and we think it's your only choice for more f- uh, personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Joseph in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live, Joseph. Hello, Joseph. Hey, um, I was um, trying to have like different arguments with people about not arguments, maybe discussions, mm-hmm. and I find that a big hole in my libertarian viewpoint is kind of like um, market solutions to violent crimes and theft. Okay. So I was wondering if you could maybe, uh, I guess, address. Some of those. Sure. Okay. This is now your question is a free market situation. You're you're talking about the free market world, not necessarily yeah. the small government libertarian world. Right. No, I, no. I believe sort of in uh, a small government. You know, the smaller the government, the better. And I sort of think that. Uh, Police are a legitimate purview of local government. Right. And, of course, my okay. position is that the marketplace can do anything better than the government can, and so we should turn over protection services and uh, that sort of thing to uh, the marketplace. And this is a difficult issue, and I honestly, I'll tell you, I'm still wrapping my head around it. Uh, I highly recommend the book The Market for Liberty by Morris and Linda Tannehill, which I'm actually turning into an audiobook very slowly, but I hope to have it done by the end of the, uh, the, end of the year so you'll be able to listen to it for free. Uh, but in the meantime, to give you a basic idea... Uh, in the world of, let's just say, theft, you, what you want to do is, uh, in the marketplace, you, if you're concerned with theft, you would want to insure your possessions. So you'd purchase insurance, maybe from a home insurance company or some sort of very special protection or theft insurance uh, product that might be available on the marketplace. Again, it's hard for us to predict exactly what would be available because, well, we've never really had a free market in these sorts of protection services. But presumably, if indeed someone came by and stole your TV set, then you'd call your insurer and you'd let them know that your set had been stolen. Of course, they're going to investigate uh, because, well, they want to make sure you're not scamming them. Same way that uh, health insurance companies investigate to make sure that you're not pretending you have a bad back, that sort of thing. And uh, if indeed they determine that your 
television set was stolen, they will probably replace it or or give you uh, an equivalent amount of money for for what it was worth, depending on whatever your agreement says. And then they will take up the uh, they will initiate the investigation as far as trying to determine who it was that stole it and try to get restitution from them. So you wouldn't have to expect them to even catch the person. It would be up to them to catch the person. They might not ever be able to, but at that point you were paying for that policy, so they're going to pay you whether or not they catch the person. And contrast that against what you have today, whereas if somebody steals something from you, you call the cops, they send a policeman over after, you know, a few hours passes by, uh, they finally get there, pull out their paperwork, and they make you fill out a form or whatever, or maybe they'll fill that out, fill it out for you. Uh, they fill out a piece of paper and they say, all right, well, thanks, uh, we'll file this away, and uh, toodles. And you'll never hear from them again. I mean, how many, how many police departments are actually investigating thefts of TV sets from people's homes? They don't care. They have no interest in investigating uh, your stolen property. They just don't. Um, they, they have interest in busting people for marijuana and drinking and uh, you know, not stopping at stop signs because they can get money out of them for that. Uh, but there's nothing they have actually... more interest in stealing your property than yeah. finding your stolen property. Right. They don't have an interest in making you happy. You could be very upset. You could, you could file a complaint with the department and say, Officer Edge, he came by here and all he did was fill out a piece of paper on my stolen TV set. And the department will say, oh, well, you know what? We don't even have a complaint complaint form for you, because many departments don't even have complaint forms. Uh, but if they do have a complaint form, they'll take your complaint form and they'll file that too. Right. And, and when's the last time you heard about uh, somebody actually getting their property back through a uh, police investigation? Sometimes they find cars on the side it of the road. It does happen. I'm not saying that, it, that they don't, but that's not really what they're job is no. it should be it's what we imagine that they do but mostly what they're out there doing is the things that make police departments money handing out tickets busting people for drugs exactly so that's one example then the violent crimes it get, things get a little more complex uh you know the, and there's there's obviously different viewpoints on this again the small government paradigm Things would be different uh, in the world of small government. You know, the police would actually be focusing on solving violent crimes instead of focusing on uh, drugs. But in the marketplace, once again, you could have some sort of protection agency that is going to uh, give you and your family restitution if someone is harmed or killed, and then they will go after the uh, the perpetrator and uh, and and something that really is outstanding about the marketplace situation is that they can't really afford to be wrong. You know, when it comes to the government, if they pick up the wrong guy and put the wrong guy in jail, the only people that really ever know it is the guy they put in jail. Like, he's yelling while he's in I know you heard this number of times when you were in jail, Mark. Oh, I didn't do it. You know, I'm innocent. Well, mm -hmm. the fact is there are a lot of people sitting in government jails that are innocent. We know that. There are people that have been on death row that have been found completely innocent after 10 or 15 years. They didn't do the crime, but they've been doing the time for somebody who did. And so we're, we're ruining innocent people's lives with the current system in the marketplace. If an insurance company or a protection agency goes and picks somebody up and they say, well, we think that you killed, uh, we, we think that you killed Joe in Massachusetts's wife. And if they don't actually have the evidence to prove that that's the case, and they, they take someone's freedom away, if they send a bounty hunter after this person, and they take him off the streets and put him in a cell because they think he's dangerous, and it turns out that it wasn't him at all, then their business is ruined. They are shot. 
They're done for. Nobody's going to want to hire a company that's going around harassing innocent people. So in the marketplace, competition and consumer demand would ensure that uh, people do uh, people do their protection run their protection services in a much more careful manner than the government currently runs their services. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but I hope it gives you some example of what the marketplace uh, protection system could look like. Yeah, definitely. That was um, excellent. And you know, this is the reason um, your explanation right there, which is it, it's long and and a lot of people get a little it's confused. Not easy, yeah. Um, this is the reason that I don't advocate for no government or anything like that. I would, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, police can do a pretty good job if we would just get 85% rid of percent of murders go unsolved. And do you think that that would get a lot better? I don't know. I, I just don't see them having the incentive. Get a lot worse. I don't see them having the incentive to get it right. I mean, I don't know. Those 15%, do they even get the right guys? Sometimes they don't. Right. Um, and that's scary to me, man. You know, I think that we'd go a long way in uh, improving the, uh, the the policing system if we just got rid of drug crimes. I think so. And I agree with you. And I think we should go that far. I think we should do that and see what happens and then start talking about how we can have uh, competing agencies out there. Because you and I, you, you will agree, Mark, that competition does make things better. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we need. Competition in the marketplace of justice. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Chad in Oklahoma. Chad, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hello. Chad, Hello. you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, I just have some things I wanted to say to people asking things of Mark after all he's been through. He's been to prison, and he's had a hard time, and all you people care about is seeing him without his shirt. I mean, he's just a human being. He gives you his mind... And all you want is more, 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 more. Yeah. Leave him alone. Thank you for Mark. the call, Chad. We appreciate it. He's making fun of that Britney Spears video. Did you see it? You know, Chris I Cooper? saw the parody. I saw a parody of one of the Britney Spears oh videos. God, that was funny, funny. Chris Cooper, isn't he an actor? Um, this was just a YouTube thing, and I may I may have the wrong name, but I think Cooper's the the, the last right, the, the the correct last name. But um, it was some hilarious. Leave Britney alone. Leave her alone. She's been through so much. Her kids and the drugs. And I all saw the uh, I saw the Ron Paul girls parody. The girl that did the Ron Paul video. The one that takes her her clothes off uh-huh. in the video for Ron Paul, she did a parody of the Britney Spears video that you're talking about. So I've seen that, but not the original. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. We've got a Mark and Jay and a Jeremy, but no ladies on the line. Ladies, your calls come first if you make them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is the Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is, well, we give you everything on our website for free up front. So if you like that and you like the show, then send us three bucks a month. That's all we're asking for. I mean, the other radio talk show hosts, they charge you to get into their websites five, six, seven bucks a month. We give it all away, and we're only asking for three on the other side. So it's totally voluntary. If you think we're worth it, 
head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up. Hundreds of our listeners have done so. And the point of the uh, the AMP program is to get money in to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations, to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible, and you get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, uh, the AMP-only chat room and forum, and more. All the details, amp.freetalklive.com. That is amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls and go to Mark in Missouri. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I just want to ask that uh, maybe why America isn't waking up to the the rise of the military-industrial complex that all our presidents have warned us about right. in previous decades. I'm not sure every president uh, has warned us about it, but certainly Eisenhower did. And, you know, he, he was a general. Did. He was certainly qualified to know about this. You know, I, I don't understand it either. I don't understand why they couldn't um, listen to Smedley Butler two time Medal of Honor winner. There aren't too many of them out there. Um, when he said that war is a racket, that war is just meant to fill well, the pockets of the people that of the people manufacture whatever it is you're using in well, war, Mark, whether it's boots or bullets or uh, uh, missiles or what. Well, you're correct. Smedley Butler was a brilliant, uh, brilliant guy, and he's absolutely right. He wrote that back in, I think, the 30s. And most of the people today weren't alive back then. So how could they have uh, encountered what Smedley Butler said? They sure as hell aren't teaching that in government schools. It's government schools. I ordered it off Amazon. That's my answer for you. It's government schools. Government schools have an incentive to teach uh, young people of America that government is good, government is necessary, the government military is wonderful, nation building's okay, having military bases around the world, that's a-okay. You know, all these concepts have been inculcated from, uh, from day one in the government school system. And that's what we're working against. We're, work, we're literally working against a government brainwashing and indoctrination system. Right. I, I think income taxes, why should we have to pay to work? That, you know, that's not fair. We already pay a whole bunch of money just to get there. I mean, uh, why doesn't people uh, do research online and find out these things that can be found, you know, throughout history? And if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, that's one of the things. I remember when I was growing up in government school, I hated history class. Hated, hated, hated history class. As an adult, as somebody who, now, when I got out of government school and got into the real world, I began to understand how important history was. When I started looking at what government was and how government is force and government is violence and coercion, I started looking into history and, and realizing we are repeating the history that Absolutely. has happened. Absolutely. You know, this is something that people don't even know. There, There isn't a republic that's lasted more than 300 years and i don't think i think you're seeing the end of ours i think you're right um i'm, I'm sorry to About say damn time i too. really think um that, that, that there's a way to turn it around right now and i think that guy's ron paul but i don't i'm not uh, i'm not sure that this republic's gonna last i mean people are going to continue to wave the flag and say how great it was but they waved the flag in russia too they've waved mm-hmm. the flag in the soviet union big fat hairy deal mark any final comments uh, yeah, I'd just like to maybe throw out there somebody could Google uh, Dr. Leonard Horowitz's uh, In Lies We Trust is a video that come out. It's a really good explanation on the rise in the, of the uh, military-industrial uh, petrochemical pharmaceutical cartel that they've turned into. Well, they've been told, the people in America have been told that this is the best country in the world. And so they believe that this government can do no wrong. It's just amazing how well, ignorant Americans can be. There, there is a lot of uh, spin on the books, maybe more than the magic bullet. 
Thank you for the call, Mark. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's things like that. It's things like Mark's talking about here, the, just the mass apathy and mass ignorance of the American people that j- jumps back to what Tim was saying earlier, the pizza delivery guy. He was talking about how he's, you know, thrown in the towel. He's given up. He doesn't, he doesn't feel like this country has any hope left. It's because most Americans, they've got their heads in the sand. They don't have any idea what this government is really all about. They think that, all right, America, whatever you do is right. Go ahead, kill people in foreign countries. They're just brown people after all. Right. They're godless heathens. They want to kill us. They hate our freedom, and they hate Britney Spears, and they hate Coca-Cola. They're going to kill us. You know, it's it's ludicrous what Americans think about uh, the wars we fight. But they they demonized and dehumanized the Japanese during World War II. Now, suddenly, they're our friends. They demonized and dehumanized the uh, Viet Cong during the Vietnam conflict. Somehow, now, we're we're trading with those people, Mm -hmm. and it's okay. How's it going to be with the Muslims? After we go in and kill enough of them, then we're going to be their friends, too? I mean, we're back to being their friends? Because, uh, you know, we we were supporting the Saudi Arabians for, for the last 60 years. You know, the real question is, if Ron Paul doesn't succeed in 2008, how fast will the empire fall? How long will it take in the in the oh, failure of Ron after the failure of Ron Paul? Now, when when you talk about the fall and the failure of the empire, there's not going to be any dividing line. Look, Rome continued uh, after it failed to be it ceased to be a republic. It it continued on for hundreds of years after that, but it was a dictatorship run mm-hmm. by the Caesars. Essentially, you're going to have the same thing here, even if it's um, even if it's uh, the tyranny of the majority in the sense of oh, well, everybody gets a it gets a vote in this election, and you can either choose between crappy party A or crappy party B. You know, neither one of these things. That's not freedom, and it doesn't designate freedom. Freedom's the ability to do what you want with what is yours, as long as you don't hurt somebody else in the process. And you just quite simply do not have that option here. Not in this country. If there was a country where you did have that option, I'd be there. I mean, I, I think but there's not. Somewhere around the time the income tax was uh, was instituted, that's when our freedoms went away. Eh, no, I, you could argue that you uh, could argue all kinds of different. You could argue all kinds of different points, but I'd say the income tax really enslaves the American people. Now they uh, have certainly. they are they are writing checks based on my labor in the future. They own me, mm-hmm. and if I don't fill out their little pieces of paper and give them their money, They'll I go sell. to jail. Yep. That's I'm Not sorry. Freedom. That's that's slavery. No, yeah, I don't see I don't see how anybody can think that. I mean, with, when they're presented with those facts about the situation we're in today, how they could possibly think that they live in a free country. How could you think that? If you can explain it to me, 800-259-9231. I think that there are fairer taxes out there if, there, if, one, no can use those, tax. if one can use those words together. But I think the income tax is the very worst of them. I don't know. Inflation's pretty bad, too. Yeah, you're right. You inflation's, can dodge the income tax. People don't know that inflation's even a tax, so when you right. say that, inflation so bad. is printing more money. Right. It's not costs of things going up. It's when the government... Turns on the printing press and makes more money. Not really. They just make them on in. They do it both ways. They do it both ways. But that's the probably the most insidious way. But they don't make as much money percentage wise on inflation as they do on income tax. I think you're wrong about that. No, I don't think they do. I I don't think think, when you're talking thirty percent of my income goes away in income tax. Yeah, but they say that the income tax goes to pay the um, it goes to pay the interest on on the federal debt. Federal debt. And the rest of the the money is coming from that uh, the printing press. I don't know, but 
I'm telling you. Right, what that, do we know? We're just the little people, right? Right. They they aren't going to let us know that right. information. I mean, they they got rid of M3 for Ron a reason. Paul, recently. Ron Paul knows something. That's why he wants to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Now that would be a wonderful thing. Ron Paul wants to get rid of the Federal Reserve and the IRS. You want to talk about uh, a new era of prosperity for America? That's all it would really take. I mean, yeah, cutting the other government programs would be great too. But just those two, just those two steps. Actually, three steps: bringing the troops home from around the world, cutting the uh, IRS, destroying the IRS, and destroying the Federal Reserve. New era of freedom and prosperity for America. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, so you know, I think that you know, it's a, it's really an educational effort that we're working on here. We really have to. We have to touch the hearts and the minds of every single American and turn this country around because otherwise we're, we are on the road to totalitarianism. We're on the road to even more enslavement. New York City with thousands of cameras around. Chicago, Washington, D.C., they're watching your every move now in order to keep you safe. We can talk more about that. We've got calls rolling in all over the place to talk about everything. Uh, but it's just the insanity... It's amazing that there's such crazy police state stuff going on, and most Americans are just sleepwalking through life. They're sleepwalking to their jobs. They're sleepwalking home, cracking open a six-pack, forgetting about all their problems. Politics is boring. I will give you that. And I understand not being interested in the politicians, but the politicians are very interested in you. Oh, yeah. They're interested in taking as much of your money as possible. All I want is to focus on my family and do the things that I consider to be fun, but... The politicians really want your money, and they'll take it as much of it as they can possibly get. This is Free Talk Live. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up anything more about the surveillance state, but your calls are primary. Kevin, Jay, and Jeremy all hanging on. We'll see who hangs through the news. And you can call in about whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231, hour three, coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on our site completely free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Starting things out, right to the phones. Let's go to Martin, listening on WNTK in New Hampshire. Hello, Martin. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I'm one of those dumb Americans that like big government. Really? You like big government? How does government solve any of your problems? How does it solve my problems. Uh, you've heard of Enron Corporation, haven't you? I have heard of and, the Enron Corporation. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was a stockholder. These are, okay, these are the private companies that uh, we have to trust. These are the private companies you want to take over law enforcement, you want to take over uh, government responsibilities. Let me tell you, we are the government, you and I. <laughs> you and I are the government. That's don't, hilarious. Don't point, don't point to government as being a villain and victimizing us, because we elect the officials, we are responsible for the result. I'm not responsible for anything those people do, sir, and I am not part of the government at all. In fact, uh, you know what, did you have to buy Enron stock? Don't you vote at all? Uh, Wait a minute, you you can get to that here in a moment, but you brought up Enron. Did you have to purchase their products and their stock? 
Did I not purchase their product? Did you have to? Did you have to? Did they point a gun at you and force you to purchase you, their products? You see, or the stuff? trouble is, these companies are so large, they put out products you don't recognize. They don't call any product Enron. They have other names. There's thousands of names when you can have one entity sponsoring them. And we have no idea what goes on in corporate structures. Most of them... Well, first of all, I'd like to make a point of clarification here. If you'll recall, if, if you'll understand that a corporation is, in fact, a government-sponsored entity, a corporation is a piece of paper that absolves a man of his responsibilities to his customers by, you know, creating an entity that is, is not real. It's a file folder right. in a government, uh, you know, uh, filing cabinet someplace. A corporation is... Government concept. Yeah, it's a government concept. Right. Now, if yeah, a man so, ran so Enron, you could sue him for everything he owned, right? Well, I don't know what this has got to do with the government policing corporations like Enron. Who is going to police them? Who is going to make you, sure sir, that they don't? You, sir, consumers will police them with consumer advocacy we groups have, no, like Consumer Reports. have no idea. What Enron is doing. That's no why you have. That's why you have what what are called watchdog groups like Consumer Reports and other agencies and organizations that do pay attention to uh, these groups, and so you can boycott their products, and so you can avoid shopping at their stores, and so you can avoid uh, supporting them financially. See, the difference okay. between in the, the the difference between businesses and government is you can choose which businesses you want to do business with, whereas the government you don't have a choice, sir. No, we certainly do have a choice. What are you Every talking four years, about? We elect a new, uh, let me finish, please. Every four years, we elect a new president. Every two years, we elect new congressmen. We do have a choice, and that's how we voice it. Yeah, and well, that deal sucks, works. Martin. Let me tell you. you, you know, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. This is what we've been told all along, that uh, we have the voice in the government. Now, I'm going to assume for a second that when Joseph Stalin said it doesn't matter who votes but who counts the votes, that, in fact, in this country we have legitimate elections. Now, the, the, a lot of that's been questioned along the ways, and I'm not really sure whether or not we have had entirely legitimate elections. And when you think about all the elections that have occurred, some of them have to have been, uh, you know, side uh, sidetracked by uh, people. People that you know got in there and, and screwed at the votes, but let's assume that every election is fair and equal. It's don't you see the government gets larger and larger, and that I have no choices. I mean, would it be okay with you if uh, the people of your community voted to oh I don't know kill me and take all my money and give it to the poor people? Would that would that be well, fair because fifty one percent of the people think, voted for it? I think we I think we ought to deal with reality here, okay? No, I, we are dealing with, we're dealing with yeah. the reality of democracy. This is our government. What if somebody wants to take all of my money away and give it to poor people? That is not reality. Why that is that is not? not they can take 35% you, of my money. Why can't they take all of it? There was a time in this money, country when they had a tax bracket of 90%. For we drive on. Your money is paying to, for, for police enforcement. Your money is paying... For all it sounds like my money's paying for a lot of middle-class bureaucrats to have jobs no, who I would prefer no, not to support. You just hate the government. That's what it's I don't down hate to. the government. I think I the, government the government is inefficient. You, the government, if you don't want to take responsibility for the government, I will. I will be responsible for the government. So you so can call you, me an ignorant American no, or whatever no, you want. No, no. The government but, doesn't you know take something? responsibility, and you don't take responsibility, because the government makes mistakes, and I don't get to sue them. Can I sue yeah, you? No, we get to elect them. We get to take them out of right. office. That's fine and mistakes. dandy, but at least I can okay. sue Enron. Great. So we get to pick between big government politician A and big government politician B, and you're telling me that's a choice? 
As a matter of fact, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see government-controlled talk show hosts. I bet you would, you sick freak. <laughs> well, what, what do you like think? What do you think about the uh, highest law on the land? The first, the um, you know, the the First Amendment that says I should have freedom of speech. You don't like that one? Well, yeah, no, that's good. But there used to be the fair law, which gave someone with the opposing opinion equal time on the radio. That was disbanded by the Republicans, as a matter of fact. Why don't you go buy your own radio station? Because I would, I, I would like to come on your radio station. You are on our radio station. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a radio no. show. I, I, I want like three hours. I yeah. want three hours. Call so Bob I'll tell you what. Put in the Some five years average. that I've put in, and you can have your radio show. I put in show. ten years, buddy. I've been at this business for ten yeah. years. How you think long you're going to walk it? on and have your own radio show? You want somebody well, to just give you something on a silver platter? You sound like a liberal. And what you are you doing like, in New Hampshire anyway? You know, where were you born? I, I, New Hampshire is a liberal state. Where now. were you born? New England is liberal now. So you are in the minority, my where, friend. Where were you born? You are in the minority, you and, sicko. You, and I know why. Where were you born, Martin? I know Martin? why. Huh? Where were you born? Because you don't know what, what you're talking about. I'm just curious. You're probably it's a just, youngster. You're indulge probably a me youngster here. Indulge me here, Martin. Where were you born? I was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Figures. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Get out of here. We don't I, want I your think type it's in entirely our unfair to call um, New Hampshire a liberal state. I'd call it a purple state. Um, mm. It is definitely has areas that are conservative to it, and definitely has areas that are more liberal. Uh, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that uh, makes New Hampshire the God ordained state to pick the uh, president of the United States. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We are not the government. I love that. I love it when they pull out lines. I mean, he was just he was just parroting all the big government lines. Oh yeah, we're the government. Huh. Let's see. Well, if we were the government, then government would be getting a lot smaller because we don't really like having big government around. Now, Martin does, so he's all pleased. Oh, he's pleased as punch with what the government does. There's no government thing. There's nothing the government could do that'd be wrong, apparently, in, in people like Martin's mind. They're out there protecting us from evil companies that are taking advantage of us. Oh, these companies are out selling products and services, and some of them are cooking the books. Well, you know what? You didn't have to buy Enron stock. You didn't. And have Enron to got bu- rich and powerful by with its from its contracts with the government. Mm. I mean, it's these companies that are in bed with the government. Right. These companies wouldn't have the power and control over your life if it wasn't for their relationships with the government. The government is a weapon. It's a tool that they can use to get what they want, and they have more money than you. have. Have. By the way, I would like to rebut one uh, one point that he made, and that is that, well, we get to control the government. Every two years or four years, you get to elect new representatives. Big flipping deal. We get to choose between lousy choices most every time. Finally, we get Ron Paul. He's actually a decent choice. But 99.9% of the time, it's not worth voting. Um, secondly, that sucks. Once every two years? Once every four years? That's the only time the government is ever subject to anything that resembles a marketplace signal. The only time. You ever notice that? How politicians will change their behavior towards the election time? All of a sudden, the politicians that are running for office, uh, the incumbents, will all of a sudden be more available to you. You're able to pick up the phone and maybe call their office and actually talk to them or get them on a radio show to interview them. And, you know, they're much more approachable when they're running for office. But once they win the office, then they're nowhere to be found. Heck, sometimes they don't even show up at the state house to vote on things because they don't give a flip. In the marketplace, market signals are being sent to, to the marketplace actors, the businesses, and the uh, consumers 
all of the time. When right. you've got your doors open and there are customers walking through your doors and you make a mistake, you screw up. Let's say you're running a food service business. You make your sandwiches, you make a sandwich wrong. That customer is going to come up and complain to you about it. And you if will it, either make if that. If it was the DMV that gave you a bad sandwich, screw you. You've got to wait. Yeah. Hours to get a, to, to talk to somebody. Yeah, they don't care. Government doesn't have an incentive to care. Whereas business people are always receiving market signals. They're always getting input from their customers. They're always getting input from their vendors and the people they're doing business with. And if they don't change the way they do business to make most of their customers happy, they're going to go out of business. Whereas if the government's making most of its constituents unhappy, it doesn't matter. Because they don't have to change their ways. They do business at the point of a gun. And I'm sorry... But that is wrong. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust. In minutes, LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. You can create a will or a living trust to keep your money away from the hands of the government and away from the hands of the caller that we just had. Big government freak. Uh, you know you what? Know, it made me so sick. He said that he wants a talk show like we have. Well, I want you Don't to have one. one. I absolutely want the guy to have I know have Bob one. Vinicor on the station he's listening to, WNTK. He'll sell you three hours on the weekend if you pay him enough money. You know, we started we started at the bottom. We started at one station in Sarasota, Florida. We bought time. We have bought time for the show in the past. Right. So, yeah, we worked for we worked for five, ten years before we've gotten to where we are today. So you, you can't just walk through the door of your local radio station and have them hand you a, a radio show. But if you're going to hand them several thousand dollars, then <laughs> they'll give you a slot. Most stations will. Most stations, they've got bills to pay. They're, they're willing to do that. So consider that, Martin. 800-259-9231. Also, interesting quote from Lysander Spooner that uh, somebody shared with me that I thought was uh, particularly relevant about the whole about Martin's point about, well, you, we're the government, and you can elect new f- officials every two years. Well, according to Lysander Spooner, a man is nonetheless a slave because he's allowed to choose a new master once in a term of years. Let's go right to the phones and uh, talk to ladies first. It's Dana in uh, listening in uh, Indianapolis on WXNT. Hello, Dana. Hi, how are you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Oh, well, first I want to say that my fiancé and I love the show. Mm. Thank you. Um, We only get it on podcast.com, but uh, he's religious about downloading it and listening to it all the time. So, um, number two, go Ron Paul. Thank you. Indeed. um, we love the show because it's really opened our eyes about a lot of matters, and he's when I'm wanting to get out of the military and and everything else. So, um, but what's on my mind is uh, the welfare system. I uh, went through a divorce a couple years ago and was having a hard time paying my bills, and and you know I was a hardworking citizen, you know, working you know 60 hours a week trying to make ends meet, mm-hmm. you know, doing my job. Paying my loan, everything, you know, I loan on my house, paying for my car, you know, trying to make a living, and uh, I needed help with food, you know, doing everything I could. And sure. they said, oh, I'm sorry, you make too much money. We can't help you out. Really? 
Hmm. Because yeah, of the house I mean, payment, like, huh? It was a, you were left with the the big house and and the payment was high, I, and so therefore I was left with a house, two cars, a ten acre farm, and uh, and a lot of debt. Right. So it takes uh, it takes no consideration into how much your uh, you know your, your commitments are. It's just how much money how much money you make. Ab- so wait, absolutely. you mean mommy government didn't take good care of you, Dana? No, they didn't. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a United States citizen, and I don't get first priority. Well, apparently Martin said he would take responsibility for uh, for everything the government <laughs> right. did, so I blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Martin, too. Who did he vote for? It's, it's all their fault. <laughs> you know, the vote, it's not like the vote matters. I'm sure that Martin, uh, you know, voted for somebody who hasn't gotten elected. Le- elected. Why, is, why is he responsible? <laughs> Absurd. It really is. So what are you doing in Indianapolis? Visiting uh, family, or what are you doing there? You're visiting family up here. Gotcha. Um, Very good. Well, if your family likes the show, you should have them call the station and ask them uh, to put us on during the week, because uh, we're only on Saturdays in Indy. We'd love to be on more than that. Anything actually, else you wanted to Actually, we need you on in Louisville. No, pick up your phone, call your local talk stations. This is to anybody listening to the show. If your station is already carrying the show, but you don't get all 18 hours, call up and tell them thanks, and ask them to add more, sh- uh, more free talk live. We do the show six nights a week, and if they don't carry any free talk live, then definitely ask them to carry anything of our, of our program. So, did you want to talk about anything else, Dana? No, nope, that's about it. We'd love the show. Thanks for the call. And send your picture into the Shrine of Female listeners when you get a chance. We'd love to have you there. I will do that. Thank you. Great. Have a great night. 800-259-9231. That's Shrine of Female listeners, CIA. not a beauty contest. There's women of all ages, shapes, and sizes there. Exactly. We're very proud of our Shrine and uh, proud of our lady listeners. Let's go right into the phone calls here. Uh, we've got a bunch of guys on hold, and they've been waiting patiently. Let's talk to Kevin in Georgia on the Amplifier line. Hello, Kevin. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Good. What's on your mind? All right. So i got a... I guess a scary story. Um, Wednesday, we just had our second child, and um, while we were at the hospital, um, now our first child's two years old, right? Mm-hmm. And this is something different that happened from the last time to this time. They had this little security band around his ankle, mm. and I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was like, well, pri- you know, nice little private security system, great. Then uh, one of my wife's friends came and visited our hospital room, and we were talking about that security bracelet, and her sister worked at um, a hospital in a not-so-good area or whatever, and they said they were one of the first hospitals to introduce it. And the reason they did it was because they were getting parents that they thought weren't responsible enough to have children, so, and they would take their children when they weren't supposed to. So they put these bands on so they could watch it and, you know, watch the parents in case they did try to take their baby home, and if, you know, because with the assumption they're going to turn the kids into whatever government agency what? does that. Kind of I, I can't imagine you, you, they're holding the kids hostage. You can't take your child home if you want to. <laughs> Look, if my if my wife gave birth to a child in a hospital, I'm going to take that, I'm going to be there in the delivery room, I'm going to take that baby like a football, and I'm going to get out of there. Those people want to vaccinate your children? I, I, you know, I just I want nothing to do with that. Crap. Want to sign them up for a social security number too. They want to do all kinds of things. Yeah, they um, were shocked when I didn't want to do a social security number. Oh, really? You said no to that? Oh, yeah. Good for you. Did they let you get away with it? Yeah, yeah. They 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 asked me five or six times if you know. Are huh. you sure? I mean, it makes it so easy for you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you want your kid to have a social security number? What's wrong with you? Hey, you know what? You're a suspected terrorist now because you don't want that. <laughs> so, you know, I had all these friends in, in the room with my wife, and, you know, they're sitting, you know, talking about how this is a great thing, you know, that protects the children and everything. And, and I then sit back and I make the statement, well, does that mean the hospital owns my child? And they were like, I guess so. <laughs> Gross. 
Well, they 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 were just. Um, I'm sure they don't really think the hospital um, owns the child. They just see. Oh, I guess. Yeah. It's logical. Right. It's a logical deduction. Yeah. So I, what I, ended up happening? I mean, uh, were you? Were you I, I mean, nothing. I mean, you know, we're, we're respectable. So right. I mean, there was no issues with us. So I mean, you know, time came. We a little band came off and we went home. But. Hmm. Amazing story. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. As we continue talking... I'm to all for midwifery, by the way. You know, If you're going to have a child... Having a baby at home? Yeah. Try to try to have it at home. It's uh, Save you a lot of money. It, it certainly will. Let's talk to Jay in Utah. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Jay. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Well, you guys were talking about the Electoral College a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, I went and posted a great article up on the forums um, that really does a good job of explaining what's so great about it. I, I too, was pretty skeptical about it, didn't like it, was opposed to it. Can you Uh, give us the executive summary here for those of our listeners who don't have Internet access? Well, gosh, I wish I really could. It's it's long, and it's about a physician who basically took about 20 years running every scenario he possibly could think of mathematically as to whether you'd have more or less power as an individual with your one vote in an electoral system or without it. And in every scenario, pretty much, you could think of that he could run through this mathematically. It came out in favor of the individual every time. And um, it was supposedly, electoral colleges uh, kept us from having a couple of you know revolutions or near revolutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mentioned that as well. So people can see that on the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. Yep. They Thanks, sure can. Jay. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Archives right there, front page of the website. For your downloading convenience, there's no logging in. There's no membership fee. You just click and download. In fact, there's an entire year's worth of them right there for free at freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org. As we continue with the phone calls, talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? It's going great. I am very happy to hear that we are now on weekends on KGEZ. That's uh, something that they were working on, but I didn't know it was going to happen this soon. So good to know. What's on your mind? Well, actually, I just called tonight because oh, I Oh, really... you got my hopes up. Well, you mm-hmm. can expect us to be on your station on weekends sometime soon. Anyway, what's up, Jeremy? Well, um, you know how I am. I'm, I'm a good rainbow brother, man. I keep trucking on. But, uh, but, okay. but uh, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, Ron Paul actually being acknowledged by the media at the bottom of their set this week on uh, the Today Show or whatever. Yeah, it was uh, Good Morning America. He was on Good Morning America on ABC this morning. Uh, a couple days ago, he was on with Wolf Blitzer on CNN. And the, and they, the, the reporting has been very positive since he got his $5 million in the last quarter. Uh, very positive reporting for Ron Paul. In fact, uh, there was a Time Magazine article about Ron Paul's online presence uh, that was also very Mark positive. And Ian, you guys both know that they put us at the bottom of the set, you know. It kind of reminds me of uh, 
when they had that other Texan on, what's his name? Pinky, you know, Pinky Friedman? And we all had our hopes up, and then our hopes were all dashed in the end, you know. And I don't know. That's happened so many times to people in the liberty movement. I, I really couldn't tell you. Perhaps Badnarik? Michael Badnarik, perhaps, the libertarian candidate in 2004. I, I'd be surprised if the major news even, even mentioned his name. Uh, but nonetheless, Ron Paul continues to grow. The media continues to have to pay attention. Uh, Ron Paul is making it so, and his campaign and the people supporting it are making it so they can't ignore him anymore. And I think you're going to see more and more coverage. Jeremy, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it as always. Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Rick in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Markello. Rick? Good evening. Hey. Good evening, guys. How are you? Great. What's Good. on your mind, Rick? Well, I, I just wanted to let you know straight up front. I, I'm retired military, mm-hmm. and uh, four times during my career, I stood up in front of the American flag, and I took an oath to protect this country from all enemies, domestic and foreign. Mm-hmm. And I still live by that, and I want to tell you that I that I am. Ron Paul, and I have joined his campaign to be a volunteer. That is fantastic. You know, you're not the only one. Ron Paul is getting... I think the he's majority the, of former military he's members... The number one, um, he's the number one person that people in the military are donating well, to. You see, what the problem is with this country right now is the Americans are walking around with their head in a fog of political correctness. All they see is the first woman or the first black being elected as a president. But what they don't understand is, can you tell me why that Hillary Clinton and Obama will not debate their views or their stance on the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, or will they talk about their affiliation with the United Nations and turning us into the American Union. Bill Why should Clinton they? did not sign the NAFTA agreement for no reason at all. Unfortunately, that most is, Americans is, don't even know. This is a shocker, but um, a, there's a significant, not most Americans, but there's a significant number of Americans that don't even know what's in the First Amendment. Uh, there was this, uh, the video, uh, the guy went, there's a guy that went around with a video camera on the streets of, Amer- of an American city and asked various different people, people of, uh, you know, that, that were younger, people that were older, people that, uh, you know, looked upper class or lower class. He asked various different people the same questions and asked him about, you know, what, well, what's, name one of the things that's in the first amendment and they couldn't do it a significant amount of people they didn't honestly know my favorite what it was, was that uh, people americans thought that the right to own a pet was in the constitution yeah well they don't understand <laughs> what, what the american people don't understand is they if they elect hillary clinton or obama they both have sponsored a bill and tried to get this bill passed numerous times that would limit your for your, your your First Amendment rights that would include to even contact your elected officials, which are your First Amendment rights and in your voter rights. 
that all they can see is the first woman being elected. Right. It might be the first woman they or the first black, really but it's just another what socialist. Going to lose if she gets elected? No, they don't understand that. All you're right, and all they're seeing is the is the uh, the top layer of the message. All they hear is the promises, and this is not just Hillary and Obama. It's Romney and Giuliani and all of those guys. You know, right. all the they're Americans here is well, they're going to keep us safe, or they're going to give us free health care, or no, whatever you, else the no, promises you know, are. You know what's going to keep America safe? It's us retired military people, that, which I am a member of the NRA and the GLA. Gun owners, so good for you. The gun owners of America. that are going to fight for this country. Well, I didn't take that oath just to stay in the military. I took that oath the Good for you, and I, I'm glad you take it. I'm glad you're taking it seriously. And it's not just military members; it's anybody in America that that owns a gun and isn't afraid to use it to defend their freedoms. And hey, thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Those are the kind of military guys I love to hear from. Absolutely, people that take that, their oath to the Constitution seriously and understood it. I mean, we've talked to guys who've been in the military. They don't give you a Constitution class in basic training. Right, they just ask you to swear to it. Right. And really what that means is follow our orders. So what percentage of of guys that are in the military today actually have some idea of what the Constitution is about? I, I, that's a question I can't answer. Just rhetorical. 800-259-9231. Let's continue. Talk to Troy in Canada. Troy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hail Hillary. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to talk about en- Enron really quick. Sure. Um, you know, when there's a really big problem, you can always assume that government is at the root of it. Oh, yeah. No, no different in uh, California's case. What uh, bankrupted, bankrupted Enron, um, I think, was price controls. California government had price controls. Enron couldn't sell their power um, for as much as the market uh, demanded, and that's what ultimately put them into bankruptcy. So it's government's problem. Not capitalism. Interesting observation, Troy. Thank you for the call. Thanks. Bye-bye. 800-259-9231. He's right. Whenever there's a really big problem, you can usually count on the government being involved. Right. The government just messes things up. Whatever it sticks its hands into, it ruins it. You know, they might pull something off. Like, say, they can build... They they build a really great interstate system. It's pretty good. Now, of course, there's no free market interstate system to uh, compare it to. comparison, right. But... You know, when the government, the government can throw enough money at a problem and perhaps solve it. But I'd like to use the example that I've used on a couple of occasions here. If I went to the car, um, to the car dealer and I managed to buy myself a Honda Accord for $60,000, my wife wouldn't consider that a success. She would normally cost 20, 25. Okay. Maybe for a, for a Honda Accord. And if I'm able to solve the problem that we need, a Honda Accord, and I'm able to throw enough money at it and I can get that done. You've still failed. I've still failed. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Howdy, gents. Hey, what's on your mind? Last night, Ian, you seemed to argue that um, because you don't sign a contract to be a citizen of the United States, that you're not obligated to pay anything. That's correct. Uh, I would ask you, what contract do I sign if I go on your property? And if I don't sign a contract, do I have any obligations to you? Uh, well, you can leave when you're asked to leave. And no, you don't sign a contract. So you stepped in that bear trap. But uh, but if yep. I ask you to leave my <laughs> if I ask you to leave my property, then you are required to go. Uh huh. And uh, if you force me to pay some sort of toll or tax to stay on your property, 
Well, I couldn't force you to pay a toll. Wait, you want to stay on the property? If you wanted to stay, then yeah, that would be reasonable. I've got another point. Can I come back? Sure, hang on. Eric, I want a question for me someday. Hang on, dude. 800-259-9231. You support property rights, too, Mark. You can answer these questions. And, uh, yes, more with Eric and your calls as well. Even in these remaining moments, we'll be able to sneak you in at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, live Saturday edition. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday show, and only moments remain, but just enough time for your call, if you make it now. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you want to help support the show, then you can buy my house. That's right. It's still on the market. It's been months. It's in Sarasota, Florida. It's I'm a sorry. beautiful, beautiful home, it, you know, beautiful place to it, live. It's priced It's priced far lower than market. Um, anybody who gets it will be getting a bargain. But They uh, really will be. It is sitting in one of the worst real estate markets in America well, right well, now. It's the worst for sellers. Right. It's not the worst for buyers. No, no, that's true. Uh, so I mean, if, you can you can you can own a house that's really pretty close to the beach. Re, uh, just minutes from the beach. If you've been looking for an excuse to move to the sun coast of Florida, to move to Florida at all, this is a great opportunity for you. It's 174,000 bucks. That's what I'm asking. You go to house.freetalklive.com, see some pictures, learn more about the house. It's a nice 3-2, beautifully remodeled. House.freetalklive.com. Totally inappropriate. You won't be disappointed. All right, uh, let's continue with Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, we were talking about property, and you said, well, could you come onto my property? And, uh, you know, if uh, if you wanted to stay on the property, could I charge you for it? And, well, of course. I mean, you could go and set up a tent on my side yard, for, uh, for instance. I might charge you a few bucks a night in order to do something like that. So, yes. Yeah, the only thing I, I would need to prove then, uh, to prove that it's legitimate for the U.S. to tax, is to prove that it's a private society. And uh, to prove that, I would like to cite the fact that you can't just waltz into the U.S. You have to go through immigration services. You have to fill out forms. You have to take an oath. No, Before, I don't think that proves anything. Society. That just proves that there's a gang of people calling themselves the government around. I think well, what you need to prove is that the United States government owns all of America. Because right. I own my property. Right, Eric, and I hate I hate wait, I waiting in here and defending my uh, my, my crazy cohort. <laughs> You're just Eric. defending property rights, Mark. But what I, well, I you know, and, and and you look you put me on the wrong side of the equation here, Eric. But, I'm sorry. You know, the fact is. The America love it or leave it argument that you have is probably the strongest against uh, libertarianism in general. The fact is, you know, I have the the freedom to leave America where I feel oppressed or whatever, so I can just go on. And it's it's a great argument. But would you say that the founding fathers, Samuel Adams, um, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, would you say these guys were wrong in uh, you know throwing off the uh, the the king? I mean, he had legitimate. He he owned America. The United States government doesn't own America. America. They never bought it from anybody. The king actually owned America, and they threw off his rule. No, I think what they did was fine. I don't think I've ever argued for love it or leave it. I think my position is more of work within the system or leave. If you want to change the government, that is absolutely fine by me, and that's what I seek to do personally. But Same here. if you think that you can break off part of the system and make it your own without going through the, uh, the system that's already established, I don't think that's right. But I don't have an obligation to the system, Eric. I think I proved that you did, though, because no, it's, you a didn't. Pri- it's a private system. And here, uh, here's another point to, to add on to that. Any, any land in the United States that isn't owned by a private uh, industry or an individual, who owns that land? Well, at one point, that would have been open for homesteading, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now, at this point, when the government's become so large and so tyrannical, there's no way you can homestead anything. They don't want you to have anything. 
Well, I, I think that that actually proves my point, because it was the United States government granting people the right to homestead. It was their land. I mean, the United States said, we are going to take land from sea to shining sea. They made it their own and then gave it to the American people. Or at least that's the way I understand it. Well, you know, they purchased, uh, they purchased Louisiana Purchase. They purchased pieces of land along the way, and one can make an argument that the, they did, in fact, um, you know, through stolen funds, own, those, uh, own that land. But, you know, the mafia owns things, too. You know, when you're talking about uh, the the land here in, um, you know, the 13 original colonies, I guess you wouldn't be saying that. Because those people in, the, in that particular geographical area, as though a government has control of a geographic area, those people in that geographic area fought for that freedom. Uh, well, the land that I had was owned at one point uh, by, you know, a colonist of England. Mm-hmm. If any of us cease to own our land, though, like, for instance, if we abandon it or if we die and there's no one that it goes to, who gets that land? The, the government. But uh-huh. it's simply because they have more guns. I, I don't think it has anything to do with guns, though. I think it's because the uh, Haven't government... you ever been pulled over? Uh, no, I haven't been, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, That's great. Yeah, it is because they have guns and they aren't afraid to use them. The fact is, the people calling themselves government are individuals that are doing business at the point of a gun. Mao Zedong said it best when he said government power grows from the barrel of a gun. While the rest of us are out here making a living honestly, we're out here making a living offering products and services in the marketplace on a voluntary basis, and we don't have to use coercion in order to yeah. get people Eric, to purchase them. do you think that revolution is a legitimate thing. Do you think that people have the right question. to revolution? Yes. Okay. But what about then working that's in the system? what Ed Brown did. I don't think it's a revolution, though. It, He's not trying to overthrow the government. He just decided... He, he I'm threw going it, to break overthrew off. it on his little bit of land. Obviously, right. if he rode his horse over to Washington, D.C. and said, I'm going to kill you Freemasons or whatever gobbledygook that he ta- was talking about, he's going to die. He said but himself he overthrew it right there on yeah. his little piece of land. When the founders inscribed the right to revolution in the uh, Declaration of... Uh, the Screw right. what they wrote into the Declaration of Independence, because that's not where the right of revolution comes from. The right of revolution oh. comes from God. Your right sure. to be free. Perhaps they, didn't, perhaps they didn't come up with it, but they did inscribe it, and they did uh, sanctify it. How does your support of revolution jive with your support of working within the system? Well, I, I mean, if you're going to overthrow the system in its entirety, that's different. If you're going to stop working in the system as an individual, I think that you're still in the system, though. So you're sapping other people's funds and still living within no, the system. No, see, Ed and Elaine stayed on their the property. That's not, that's not true. They stayed right on their property. They weren't sapping anyone's anything. And they were they paying property taxes. They bought all their stuff. And they were paying property taxes, so they theoretically did purchase the services of their local government. I think you got the first round here, Eric, but I think we got the second, and, and i got to say we won the match. Well, if you don't mind, I, I think we both have some good points. <laughs> round three, just real quick. I, I think okay. this one's actually a more interesting question. You guys argued yesterday that um, we should have private societies and whatnot. Whoa, and that, no private societies from here. Okay, okay. Well, Ian <laughs> argued that we should have private societies. And uh, he also argued that because he can't move anywhere and set up his own system, that therefore he's not free. And, uh, you know, if there was some area that was uninhabited and he could set up his own system, then he would leave and set up his own system. But that raises the question, what if we had all private societies, no uh, socialist governments, as he would call them, and what if all the land was taken by private societies? Would then all private societies become illegitimate because you could no longer establish a new private society of your own? 
It's an interesting question. Uh, I don't have an answer for you. I mean, uh, if all pri- if all societies were private, then theoretically uh, they would be competing and they would probably be different to some extent because otherwise why would you have your own private society if it were going right. to be I- identical to the one next door to it? So you'd have there would be different sets of rules and different uh, uh, societies competing for people uh, people's business or, or people living there. So theoretically there would be a, a plethora of choices of places to go to. In- indeed, and it may be uh, many choices, but the argument that you made is that you can't go anywhere where you don't have to pay taxes. You can't go anywhere where you can be truly free. If you believed that all private societies were you know, extremely uh, conservative and socialistic, what have you, um, you might feel that you had the right to move to a different area and set up your own private society in which you could be truly free. But if all land was taken by private societies already established, you would argue that none of them were legitimate, as you could not be truly free. Well, if Therefore, indeed I, ha- if indeed I had free. not consented to the society that I was in, which is the situation I'm in today, I have not consented to this government and its awful rules, then in that case, wait, I'd be in a similar situation I'm in today. You're, you're describing a similar situation to what we have today. Ian, my friend, you consent each and every minute that you stay within the United States. Absolutely BS. I don't consent to a being ruled over by a gang of violent thugs, and I never will. Thanks for the call, Eric. <laughs> 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, I, you know, I think he makes really good arguments. I would say that the, the very best scenario, instead of, uh, you know, the, the free state project where, you know, 20,000 liberty-loving individuals go to one state to, uh, you know, try to limit the growth of government or return it to, you know, just protecting life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. would be some rich libertarian, I don't know one, would go out and buy some island, um, hopefully in the Caribbean where it's nice and, and warm, maybe, maybe in the uh, southern Pacific, that would be really great, um, you know, buy a little island that is r- relatively uninhabited and uh, set up the libertarian utopia there. Largely, most of those places have pretty small governments as it is. Some people have even talked about a ship. Like a floating, a floating platform or of some it sort. It wouldn't have the. Um, it wouldn't have the recognition on a national, on an international scale that uh, a piece of land would if you chose know. to. But you know. Anyway, uh, see, the thing is, is, you can have a bank account in a country. Right. Like I could open up a bank in the tiny little uh, island of Edutopia. Um, see, the only time the only time Eric can even come close to making a, a good point is when he's totally off in the world of fantasy. Like his point with your fantasy. What if everyone? No, not no, 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 no. He was off in this world of fantasy where every single private society was of a an undesirable uh, type. In that every single private society had decided to go, you know, uh, totally Christian conservative or totally socialist or whatever it is that uh, would I, I might find undesirable, and that's completely unrealistic because I know that in today's world there's a significant number of people that think the way that I do. And the idea that those people wouldn't get together and form their own society is absolutely absurd. In a world where there are competing tiny little private societies, we'd have a whole lot more choice than we do today instead of having this one big overarching government. We'll see you Monday night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 